Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and I'm here to provide regular bursts of information and inspiration, some neuroscience applicable to eating disorder recovery, perhaps a few rants, but otherwise lots of positivity with a bit of a Feck It attitude, some fun and a sprinkling of fabulousness to help everyone find freedom in recovery. Hello, hello, my lovelies, and welcome to this episode of the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Yes, I'm Helly, and I talk about eating disorders and how to bash them out of your life so that you can have a free and a fabulous future without an eating disorder plaguing your life as it does now. So I recorded this episode the day before yesterday, and I was editing it, and you know what happened, my computer crashed and I lost the whole lot. So very frustratingly, I am recording it again, and I am praying and hoping that it doesn't get lost this time, and I will be saving a backup this time. So lesson learnt there. So this is the second episode in a series I'm making about overcoming an eating disorder in mid or later life, and the different considerations you might have to factor in if you are in that later life stage. If you want to listen to part one, which was an introduction to the topic and covers the importance of self-belief and trusting that you're not too old and the identity crisis that you might face, then you can do that. It was two episodes ago. So go back two episodes and have a listen to it then, and you can always pop back to this one. In this episode, then, I'm going to talk about the extra considerations or possible challenges that you might have if you have a partner or a spouse, which I know that many of you do. And if you're listening to this and you're actually single and you live alone, then please don't feel excluded because in a future episode, I will be talking about the specific extra considerations that you might be facing as somebody who's single. So don't feel ignored if you're single. This episode is about people who do have partners or spouses, but this podcast series as a whole is for everybody. As you know, I don't like to exclude anybody because you're all as fabulous as each other. So for those of you then with a partner or spouse to consider, as you're also working hard to overcome a restrictive eating disorder, then let's just be real for a moment. The addition of your other half can probably act as a help or a hindrance, depending on the situation and the day of the week. But in all seriousness, whether it's easy to recognise and admit to it or not, the eating disorder will have a big impact on your relationship with your other half, and it's going to affect the dynamics within that relationship. And eating disorders can impact on a relationship with a partner or a spouse in a number of ways, some of which you might be able to recognise in your own relationship and others you won't. But I'm going to go through some ways in which an eating disorder can impact on a relationship with a partner or spouse, and you can try and identify what is true for you and your relationship. So firstly then, of course, food is a key part of day-to-day life for any healthy individual, and sharing food and meals in a home and as a couple is a very normal thing to do. Food can be a way to relax together. It can be a way to debrief on a day, enjoying a good meal together. It can perhaps be enjoying pizza while watching Netflix or having a lazy breakfast in bed on a Sunday morning. 
But when you have an eating disorder, so much of that can be affected. Meals instead can be occasions of high stress. You might unwittingly be very controlling over the food in the home and particularly over your own meals and portions. And in addition to that, movement compulsions might also make sharing a meal on the couch or breakfasts in bed an impossibility for you. And all of that can make your relationship much less flexible and easy than it might otherwise be for you both. For some, an eating disorder can put pressure on your partner to take on more of a carer's role, providing support with each meal and snack. And in addition to that, it might be that you find it very hard to eat more than your partner or to eat if your partner isn't. And that can then put pressure on them to eat more than they might otherwise. And that can very quickly become unrealistic and unsustainable when you're abstaining from all restriction from your energy deficit state and eating your way to energy balance and to health. And your energy needs and your food needs are so much greater than any energy balanced person and than your partner likely needs to eat. As well as this, eating disorders, particularly when you're going through the process to overcome one, with the withdrawal symptoms and effects that can occur as you do so, can sometimes turn you from a normally seemingly calm person into a snappy and unpredictable fireball of irritability and agitation at times. Well, I know it did to me anyway. And that might be worse in moments when food is around or when you're really trying to push yourself to eat more or to stop other compensatory behaviours, which is then pushing your brain into a heightened state of threat response and just making you generally very snappy, very agitated, very irritable. And when one partner in a couple is in a constant state of high anxiety with coinciding irritability, then of course that's going to put pressure on even the strongest of relationships. Another way in which an eating disorder will impact on a relationship is that when you're trying to have a date night, then date nights can actually become a reason as the eating disorder tags along and helps determine what and where the date will be, what foods will be consumed or not, and whether it will involve much in the way of sedentariness. And that means that what you do together as a couple is often dictated by you, or let's face it, by the eating disorder, rather than by what your partner or your spouse might actually really enjoy doing. The next thing to consider is that a key part of many romantic relationships is, of course, sex. And a lot of people with eating disorders, irrespective of their gender, who are in a state of energy deficit, can experience a dramatic drop in libido. And if that's the case for you, then it can put a strain on your relationship if your partner then feels rejected. Or even if your libido does remain healthy, because it does for some people, you might feel more self-conscious in your body, especially when it's changing with the necessary weight gain as you are emerging from energy deficit and your body's finding its natural set point weight. And that discomfort in your growing body, that feeling of being self-conscious can then impact on your willingness to be intimate with your partner or your spouse. Of course, eating disorders turn most people into little balls of being constantly on the go, doing the housework, sorting the children out, taking on the household admin, 
walking the dog, all in ways that are compulsive and very hard to stop, but which many don't recognise as being a part of the eating disorder. Your partner or spouse might have become very used to you doing so many of the chores and home or family responsibilities. And it can then be a shock to them and hard to adjust when you're overcoming the eating disorder and necessarily stepping back to abstain from more of these chores and responsibilities that you used to do so compulsively and effectively. But of course you need to stop all this lower level movement and these compulsive activities in order to overcome the eating disorder. But when you do, then of course in that way dynamics in the household and the general sharing of responsibilities between you as a couple are going to need to shift and that's going to take adjustment and acceptance from both of you in the relationship. And also where you do need to take that step back from doing the housework and other chores that involve a lot of lower level movement, or if you need to take time out of work in order to focus on overcoming the eating disorder, which a lot of people do as well, it might leave you feeling that you're putting more pressure on your partner or spouse to do more of the chores or to be the breadwinner for a time. And that might create feelings of guilt or strain on you, which can then impact how you feel in the relationship. If you do engage in behaviours such as purging or laxative abuse, your partner or spouse might find that very hard to understand. With restrictive eating disorders, restriction and exercise can often be wrongly encouraged or applauded by family or society, even when it is part of an eating disorder. But purging through vomiting or laxative use is rarely understood and can even be met with anger by a partner who just doesn't get it. And that can then add to a sense of shame that you might experience, and just create a lot more tension within your relationship in that way. Another way in which an eating disorder will impact on a relationship is through the scarcity mindset. And I recorded an episode and put out an episode on the scarcity mindset, ooh, a couple of months ago now, all about what the scarcity mindset is, why people with eating disorders develop a scarcity mindset, and how it impacts on all aspects of your life. So go back and have a listen to that if you haven't already. But the scarcity mindset will impact on your relationship as well. Perhaps you're very controlling of the money that you have as a couple and how you spend it. Or it might be that you try to control the household use of food or other general resources even when you can afford them, which can also then add more strain onto a relationship. And finally, it's really important when you have an eating disorder just to be aware that your spouse or partner might well be feeling very unsupported themselves. People with eating disorders do have some level of support available now, Yes, it's grossly inadequate. There's definitely not enough support available to people with eating disorders, but there is some. So people with eating disorders, even adults, do have some support available to them. And parents of children with eating disorders can find support where they need it. But the partners of adults with eating disorders face very unique challenges. Trying to support their loved one, but not knowing if they're doing it right, 
and often they will experience high stress and high emotions of their own as a result of trying to be that support to their partner and just not knowing, am I doing it right? Is this enough? And generally living with a partner who is very anxious and agitated and controlling a lot of the time and trying to accept that and live with it and know how to manage it. So just be aware, you know, that your partner or your spouse will be feeling unsupported, will have needs of their own. Overall then, there are many ways that an eating disorder can impact on the relationship with your partner or spouse. And it's important to remember that you and your partner are on the same side when it comes to overcoming the eating disorder and finding more life freedom, not just in your own life, but to you as a couple and maybe as a family as well. So how then do you manage these very unique challenges that can arise from being in a romantic relationship when also juggling the process to overcome the eating disorder? Well, firstly, don't expect your partner or spouse to get it. Many people with eating disorders can recite eating disorder recovery information very impressively as a result of consuming so much content from different sources and platforms in a bid to think their way to being recovered. But your partner or your spouse doesn't consume this information in the way you do, because despite it being a key concern for them, it isn't their primary concern in the way it is for you. So don't expect them to always know what you should be doing to overcome the eating disorder. Don't expect them to always know the right thing to say or how to guide and support you. Someone who has never had an eating disorder can't begin to understand how complicated and bewildering an eating disorder brain is to live in and your partner just can't know. But they also don't have to know. Your partner or your spouse is your partner or spouse. They are not your carer, coach or therapist. Keep them on an equal level of partnership. Stay empowered and avoid putting pressure on them to treat you through this process. They can support you, they can be your partner in this, but they are not there to treat you or to be your carer. So try to avoid letting those boundaries get blurred. I talk a lot about self-empowerment and its importance when overcoming an eating disorder. And as the one ultimately doing recovery, it's critical to hold on to your self-empowerment and to own your process. You decide what that process will look like, what support you need and how you will get that support and you use it. Discuss those things with your partner and educate them so they understand why you're not going for a walk right now does matter and does make a difference. Help them to understand why you do need to keep eating what might seem extreme amounts and that weight gain to a healthy BMI is not equal to being recovered physically or mentally. They need to understand those things, but at the end of the day, whether they can really get it or not, this is something you have to find the strength to do anyway. 
but definitely discuss the changes you need to make for your process to recover with your partner, because whether you want it to or not, it will impact both your lives. It's likely to change some of the household dynamics when it comes to roles and responsibilities for a while. When you're going through this process to overcome the eating disorder, you're also likely to become an emotional roller coaster at times, swigging between high anxiety with irritability and possible anger, tears and low mood, indifference and feeling very flat, but as well as at times of being more upbeat in mood and exhilarated than they might have ever seen you. So warning your partner that these emotional changes are to be expected is going to be important and reassuring them that if you do get snappy or irritable, it's really not them you're mad at. It's that you will be feeling overwhelmed and threatened by small things while your brain tries to adjust to all these changes being asked of it in the eating disorder bashing process. But as I say, at the end of the day, avoid putting the burden onto your partner to make you better. Your recovering or not is not down to them. Decide the changes you will put in place to ensure you can start to abstain from restriction and other compensatory behaviours and talk to your partner about what support from them would help and is practicable for both of you. But then you own it. And if they forget or they can't put in the support that you wanted or feel you need, just avoid getting angry at them or blaming. This is a hard and emotional process for them too. And they also have their own emotions and stressful lives to manage. So just try and be mindful of that, even when eating disorders can make our focus very narrow at times. And that's necessary, but it it's, then gets harder to recognise the emotional needs of everyone around us as well. And please, please don't expect your partner or spouse to eat to match your eating or to rest as much as you need to in the process you are going through to overcome the eating disorder. When you are abstaining from restriction and compulsive exercise and movement habits in order to emerge from energy deficit and reprogram your brain, your needs will be greater than your energy balanced and non-disordered spouse or partner. You need a lot of food and rest to heal. They need what their body is asking them for. Many people have been so used to eating less than or the same as their partner for so many years that to suddenly be eating a lot more is an extra layer to the feelings of wrongness that come from eating much less restrictively when you're overcoming the eating disorder. But you're going to need to accept that you will be eating the most in the household for a good while if you're going to get out of energy deficit and respond to all your hunger. And that might feel wrong, but you can do it and be proud of your appetite. And the same goes for exercise. Your partner doesn't, presumably, have issues with compulsive exercise and movement tied into a powerful eating disorder. But you do. If they usually enjoy exercising as a way to get time to themselves or to move their body, then they can do that without it harming them mentally or physically. You don't have that luxury right now. So as hard as it might be to watch them go off for a run or to the gym while you're having to stay on the couch with more food and hard to tolerate exercise withdrawal symptoms, you're going to need to accept that it is what it is. 
And if you can get through this, you are going to be bulletproof in your future. Let's go back to the topic of sex for a minute then. So if your libido has been low or up and down, reassure your partner that it's not them that you're avoiding, but it is part of the eating disorder, a response to energy deficit, and that going through this process to overcome it will bring back your sexual appetite, as well as your appetite for all kinds of things in life. But have those conversations with them about the intimacy side to your relationship so they don't feel rejected and hurt or think you find them less attractive than you once did. And it might be worth warning them that the libido revving up again for some people can be quite powerful and sudden, so they might just need to prepare themselves for that one. And as I said, a lot of people overcoming eating disorders do need to take time out of work for a while in order to put in all the focus and the demands that overcoming an eating disorder really does take if you do want to overcome it fully and finally. And so if you do need to take time from work and that impacts the household income, avoid engaging in feelings of guilt or shame about that. It's a brave choice and a very necessary thing that is likely to positively impact whether you do make progress to overcome the eating disorder or not. So please remind yourself and your partner, if you need to, that this time out is needed so that you can be and do so much more in your future for and with you both. It will be worth it. And another thing to remind yourself of is that as you're rewiring your brain to overcome the eating disorder, your partner needs to rewire theirs as well. And that sounds odd, but it's very much the case. It might be that you have had an eating disorder impacting on how you behave, think and look for years while being with your partner. Perhaps your partner has never known you without an eating disorder impacting on your identity. And they'll be accustomed to automatically thinking that Alex doesn't eat cakes, we can't eat at fast food restaurants because Alex won't, or Alex will be going for a long walk with the dogs round about now. In fact, they probably don't even have these as conscious thoughts anymore, and they're more likely to be hardwired expectations because it's what has been the norm between you for so long. Therefore, you need to forgive your partner if when they're busy and distracted, they forget that you are trying to change. Don't get mad with them that they forget to invite you along to McDonald's when they're taking the kids there, when perhaps you haven't joined in with them once in the past five years. Or if your partner or spouse is sitting at home and assuming you will be walking the dogs, don't get annoyed and instead gently remind them of the agreement you had that they would do the dog walking for now. Over time, you will find that their brains rewire to the new you and probably faster than yours does, but it will take some time reminding them from time to time and avoid letting yourself fall into the rabbit holes of thinking they don't care because they still expect you to be as you were with the eating disorder. Their brains just need to learn and move out of these old habits of expectation that the eating disorder has instilled in them as well. And if they're open to it, give your partner or spouse information about why you might be acting in the slightly crazy ways that you are. 
Many don't realize that a scarcity mindset and difficulty spending money or using other resources is a key part of an eating disorder. Your partner or spouse might never have had information about what drives a person to purge through vomiting or use laxatives as part of restrictive eating disorder, and the fact that these behaviours are very addictive to someone affected. Help them understand by giving them resources that will help them to understand why you do some of these things that just seem a bit crazy or controlling to an onlooker. And I do know that many spouses and partners doing all they can to support their loved one also listen to this podcast to inform themselves. And so if you are a partner or a spouse listening to this, then you are one incredible human being. And thank you for listening. Your partner or your spouse is a very lucky person to have you in their lives, doing all you can to support them. You are amazing. And I really hope that you are finding as much support as you can get too. So That's my little message to any partners or spouses out there. You are bloody fantastic. And to those of you with the eating disorder again then, please allow your partner or spouse time out and check in on how they really are too from time to time. It can be very lonely to have an eating disorder when no one else gets it, but it can be lonely too to be the partner or spouse trying to support someone with an eating disorder scared to be getting it wrong, exhausted by the ongoing emotional energy it can take. So encourage your partner or spouse to talk openly with you and for them to take time for themselves when they need it too, doing things they enjoy to decompress. And don't forget to tell them you love them and appreciate them as often as you can as well, because we all need to hear that from time to time. And one more thing to mention is that many people going through the process of overcoming an eating disorder will start to connect more deeply to their authentic selves and parts of themselves that they might have kept suppressed for years through the eating disorder numbing them and not allowing themselves to show the world who they really are and want to be. Therefore, as you overcome the eating disorder, it's possible that you will grow as a person and become who you always should have been but that connecting to the real you will impact on your identity, personality, and characteristics. And that's hopefully only going to be a really positive thing in your relationship with your partner or spouse as well, as they feel that they're finally knowing the person they'd never been allowed to have a full connection with before. But it might be that it can create more challenges in your relationship. In a very few cases, you might begin to wonder if the relationship is right for you or for your future. And for a very, very minority of you, the eating disorder might have been numbing the fact that you were unhappy in your relationship and maybe even felt trapped. And where that's the case, I would say, don't make any quick decisions about anything regarding big life changes while still going through the hard process of overcoming the eating disorder reconnecting to your authentic self and your true inner values and wants. But if you do think that you might want to separate from your partner and that's going to be key to your recovery, then perhaps consider a time out while you do reconnect to what you really want 
rather than cut everything in the relationship while you're still unsure. And the only caveat to that little bit of advice would be if you're in an abusive relationship, in which case, please, please get out and seek support from the right people. But all that being said, I didn't want that point there to bring a downer on this episode at all. But just to say that your individual authentic self is likely to evolve and thrive to fill the gap as the eating disorder is pushed out. And that will hopefully be a wonderful thing for you and your partner. But it might also pose more challenges to navigate as a couple, which I don't doubt that you both can. So I know this has been a lengthy episode, as there is so much to consider when you're overcoming an eating disorder and you have a partner or a spouse in your life as well. And the information in this episode has only scratched the surface really of everything that might need to be considered in your case. And I'm sure there's so much more that I haven't had time or haven't included. But when I was preparing this episode, I did ask somebody I know with an eating disorder who's going through the process of overcoming it at the moment and has a partner, what their views were on this. And their partner came up with a very valid point. So the partner of someone with an eating disorder gave the very good advice to give your partner with the eating disorder space. If you have a partner with an eating disorder, allow them the space to own their recovery and to understand that you can't do it for them, that you can help when needed and you can call it out when you notice the eating disorder is getting the upper hand, but ultimately it's up to your partner to do their recovery and nagging won't help. And I think that's very wise and critical advice and it will help protect both of you in the relationship and so you both have clarity on responsibilities when it comes to eating disorder bashing. And the person with the eating disorder in that relationship agreed with this advice and also highlighted the importance of allowing yourself to be vulnerable in your relationship and have open and honest conversations as a couple about the eating disorder, the recovery process and the impact it's having on both of you because you both matter equally. And as I said at the beginning, it's important that the two of you are a team in this and on the same team in beating out the unwanted third party in your relationship, which is of course the eating disorder. I hope if you are in a relationship at the moment, if you have a partner or a spouse, I hope that's helped to give you a little bit more information about the impact it might be having on your relationship and maybe think a bit more about what might help you both as a couple get through this together. I'm sure there's more that I could have said and I'm sorry for what hasn't been said and what I haven't included. As I say to any of you who don't have a partner or spouse, I will do an episode in the coming weeks on being single as you're overcoming an eating disorder because that is also not without its own challenges. So go and be wonderful, whether you are in a relationship or not. Go and eat, go and rest, get out of energy deficit. If you want to know more, you'll find a lot more information in my books. The first is called Addicted to Energy Deficit, and the second is called Aiming for Overshoot, and you will find them in 
any good online book retailer around the world. And you'll find out more about me on hemibarns.com. Thank you for listening. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Don't forget, eating disorder recovery doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be serious. Now go and grab yourself some food and have a fabulous rest of the day.